Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey everybody, welcome to American Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. You just want me to keep going. Yeah, just keep you going. Were I was giving me hand signals. I was doing finger, fi- ge- a, obscene a finger, finger s- gestures. A, fi- a finger swirl. Like, okay. go ahead. Go. Okay. <laughs> I had Gary John Bishop on the podcast, which was very exciting for me. He is the writer of Unfuck Yourself, which, Adam, you have not read, but I think that you would love this book, especially if you did the audiobook. I think you would really like it. In Unfuck Yourself, Gary John Bishop taught millions of readers how to silence the negative, self-sabotaging voice in their head to thrive. In Wise as Fuck, he expands on his ideas, redefining what it means to be wise and showing how to tackle problems and improve our lives and those of others. He really believes that the only thing standing in the way of all of us and what we want is us. And he's very big on realism. He thinks about philosophers from the past who kind of have become archaic, but makes them relevant again because so many of them had so many brilliant ideas about how to stop bullshitting with your life and start actually living the way you want. But he makes it the more relevant for today. And he says the truth is disruptive. When you stop pretending and really live your truth, it's disruptive but that's when you really start living. It's disruptive to you to live your truth. It's uh, disruptive to those around you, but you have the life you are willing to put up with. And he completely turned his life around. I loved this conversation. He was awesome. If nothing else, I could just listen to his accent for hours. I had so many, in the words of Oprah, aha moments during this interview. Oh, were you like the whole time? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, but I was trying not to. So I was like just nodding because I didn't want to be <laughs> right. that person. But, um, but he said so many things that I stopped and I was like, oh my God. Yes, the book is great. Um, wise as fuck. He explains everything he means by that, and he's very into authenticity, but it's not the kind of authenticity that we think of and know of already. It's something different. Um, So anyway, listen to this interview. Go get wise as fuck. It's a really, really good book. Stop bullshitting. I'm trying to stop bullshitting with myself and the people around me. And he thinks, I said, isn't it really hard during the pandemic to do all of this? And he said, no, this is the perfect time. Why not make now the time that you turn things around? And of course, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So enjoy Gary John Bishop. Wait and go vote. The first thing I wanted to do was for people who haven't read Unfuck Yourself, which is an awesome book. um, 
maybe, or any of your other works, maybe you could tell everybody a little bit about your philosophy because it is a bit different. Right. Right. Um, I, I think one of the things that I've, that I've noticed is a lot of the personal growth stuff out there is, is designed ultimately to make you feel better. Um, which is okay. You know, I, I like feeling good too, you know, but it doesn't necessarily allow me to produce breakthroughs in my life. It just, in many cases, just makes me feel better about the crap that I'm in. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't embolden me or enliven me to reach for something that might've been on my mind or something that I thought I could have done or should have done or might've done. And so my philosophy is based in, um, I mean, fundamentally, I would say existentialism, right? But people like Sartre and Heidegger and Gadamer and Husserl and, and reading what they've got to say, which is unbelievably complex and completely useless in the form that it's presented because like all philosophy, it's more interested in itself than the people it might serve. So I'm, I'm out to kind of take some of those brilliant ideas that are other people's ideas, of course, but then present them in a way that makes sense to me. Like if I've just lost my job, how does Heidegger help me? You know, if my husband just left, how does Gadamer help me or Husserl help me or Sartre help me? If I'm frozen by fear or self-esteem issues or whatever, like how do the great stoic philosophers, how does that help me? You know, and that's what I want to present people with is like, look, there's brilliant, simple, powerful, meaningful solutions but, you know, you, you have to be willing to kind of do the work on yourself and answer the hard questions for yourself. Right. That's one of the things when I, when I was reading um, your new book, Wise as Fuck, one of the things that I do on social media all the time is, a, you know, sort of the, we, my husband and I have this podcast and um, we have this community of moms who, especially right now, I guess, which was the first thing I wanted to ask you, especially right now in the midst of a pandemic, yeah, you know, you're telling me you're down in Florida and I'm in New Jersey and we're all sort of, no matter where we are, feeling the same thing, right? Which is this sort of paralyzation of, um, of growth that we feel right. like we're stuck. You, you know, we physically can barely go anywhere. Mentally, we're, our heads are spinning. Yeah. So for somebody who, who hears your philosophy and thinks, yes, in, in normal times, right. 100%. I would right. put myself out there and I would, yeah. uh, you know, I say all the time, I'm so grateful that Adam and I started this podcast when we did, because quite honestly, I don't know if I would have the bravery to do it now, the strength yeah. and the endurance to do it yeah. now. Yeah. I think one of the first things that I always invite people to get over is that, yeah, but not now, right? Because that's apparent in life anyway, right? What can I do in that? What can I do in? Yeah, but not now a lot, right? Like, well, I'm going to pay off those credit cards, but after Christmas, right? I'm going to like, so there's always something, right? And, but this kind of something that we're in right now is a big deal. And I, and I would say there's an additional pressure as a parent, right? There's additional pressure as a mom. There's an additional pressure as a dad. What's the additional pressure? It's of kind of getting this right, right? Which is always there for a parent, right? It's always like this notion of, I think we parent mostly not to screw them up, right? Absolutely. Rather than what am I building here, right? It's more like, oh, but don't fuck this up. <laughs> so, um, so a big thing that I, that I always say to people is, 
it's about being authentic in these times. It's about acknowledging and like, yeah, you know what? I'm a little suppressed right now. I'm like really feeling it right now. I am a little like, like stop the pretending, right? You got to just stop the pretending because the pretending itself is exhausting, right? Keeping that going, like, you know, the positivity or the cheery spirit or whatever the hell you want to call it. So I'm, I've always been a great proponent of, of, of being able to share what you're dealing with without indulging it, right? You don't want to like then just lie in the puddle, right? But it's like, you know what? Here's the truth of it. The truth of it is, you know, um, I'm experiencing myself as like constrained or burdened or like, I'm, you know, heavy and I can't. And that's good to kind of get that out of the way. I always invite people, if you've got a partner or a friend even who you can share that with, without the feedback because you don't nobody needs the feed like if i'm feeling like shit i don't want somebody's insight about that i just want to <laughs> say it you know right <laughs> i just want to say it i feel like shit right now okay good i get it all right that's it that's it we're done okay good next um so i think being able to do that and if you don't have another human being that you can do that with then then journal right like write that shit down and and a big part of writing stuff down is don't read it so you write it flip the page use an elastic band or something to keep the page you shut and don't read it i mean the journal's full set fire to it and start another one uh, because it really is a process of getting stuff communicated and being in communication as human beings is critical you can't pretend and we do pretend we do pretend and but then it brings me to this other piece which i think is important you have to realize what you're in. You have to realize the reality you're in. And most people say, well, I do realize, I know, but if you also consider in the back of your mind is this idea that it shouldn't be this way and that you can't wait for it to go back to how it was, right? That's not gonna happen. Even if you know we get a vaccine and all that, it won't be the same way it was. It'll be different, this whole notion, like, and it's been the same historically, by the way, it's not new. There's been these big things that happen in society that shift how we do things. And we're in one of those things right now, right? We're, we're, it's shifting things and we're seeing each other differently. And, and in some cases, it's a brilliant opportunity because it allows you to get perspective on what really matters to you as a human being. Like, what, like if I look back last year at some of the shit you were getting yourself wrapped up in, right? Like, why did I even, that was nothing. You know, so you start, um, it, it can be a really good time for you taking a turn, like to say, now I'm not, going, I'm not going back to that. This is my shot now to take that turn that I've been talking about, write that book. You know, whatever the thing might be, or express my love or forgive or accept or, you know, get out there and be myself more. And, you know, sometimes in this situation, that's not physically getting out there, but maybe emotionally kind of getting out there a little more. But, uh, but there's nothing wrong with being suppressed right now. There's nothing wrong with being burdened right now. It's fine. It's okay. You know, it's not permanent. And you're equipped. You know, you're, you're equipped. You're, you're, this is the thing I love about human beings. Like, they're just magnificently equipped for the bullshit. But, uh, yeah. but don't, don't wrestle it. Just let it be itself. Right. A lot of your um, philosophy from everything that I've read is very much admitting to yourself what's really going on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's this thing about authenticity that's just been, that bugs me, you know, like I get bugged by this 
I'm just being my authentic self when all I'm really doing is barfing on you, you know, <laughs> like letting out my complaints. And all that shit. Uh, authenticity is like when I tell the truth about myself, right? I finally just like, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm pretending this isn't even right. You know, like I'm pretending I've got my shit together and I don't, it's a train wreck behind the scenes, you know, or, I'm pretending I'm okay with that and I'm not, and I'm not even blaming you. I'm just like realizing how much I pretend with shit like this, you know? Um, it's, it's funny, you know, because we do have this human beings have a brilliant capacity for overcoming, right? So they can overcome just about anything, but they're absolutely terrible at letting go. And so they're just terrible at letting go and, taking the emotional attachment away from something, just letting something be itself. And I'm saying this, by the way, as a human being, I'm not a Martian or something, you know, I, you know, and, and I'm not on a pedestal. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skin and bone bag like everybody else. There's a, there's a machine happening over here too, you know, and it, it is a practice. It's a practice of being better every day, at mastering oneself. And to me, those are, that's where authenticity all starts. And, when you can authentically be yourself is it's not when you're over the opinions of others. It's when it's that you're over the opinion you have about the opinion of others. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. So I've, let's say we've journaled, right? We have somewhere, yeah. we, something we want to accomplish or change. We've journaled, we've, you know, gotten the elastic. We're not looking back. Now we know how we really feel. What's next? Yeah, that's, I think that's when you're often faced with a hard truth. There's, there's no denying the truth. You can't, it won't go away. You can hide from it as much as you want. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's disruptive. The truth is disruptive. It's, it's, in its way, right, in its way, the nature of it, if you like, is like violent, right? The truth can be violent. Right. I don't mean physical violence. I just mean by its nature. And so when, when you get yourself to one of those places in life, when you find yourself located there and you're like, yes, I can't, it's a disruption. It's not just a disruption in your life though. It's a disruption in everybody else's life too around you. And that's when I invite people to really start to get compassionate because we're all looking you know, it's almost like we're creating these little vignettes of life that we get to live in it. And then when somebody does something different, it completely fucks with your vignette and you get all pissed off, you know, and they might even blame them. Like, you hadn't made that change and I don't like the you and who do you think you, you know, like that whole thing. Um, but, 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 you know, change can be really great for human beings as much as we resist it. Change can be great. And there's some situations where it's undeniable. You can't pretend anymore that you got it. The truth will out and you got to speak it. And if, if there ever was something called speak your truth, it's when you speak the truth to yourself. That's really where the rubber meets the road. Right. And when you're saying um, that you need to stop the bullshit and maybe this isn't the way you want it to be and you want it to be another way. I thought it was interesting when you, you talk about in your book, you talk about the art of thinking. 
Right. right? And, and I was wondering, it's interesting because you say picture yourself where you want to be, you know, like, uh, and the hurdles that, you know, you know, what, what you know about yourself, maybe you're an impatient person, maybe you're a stubborn person, you know, um, maybe you're very negative, whatever yeah. those hurdles are, picture those hurdles. It's almost like a manifestation, right? Like, is that, would you say it's almost like manifesting where you want to be so that you end up there or... Right. I'm a little, so I love the idea of manifesting, but I think there's a lot of voodoo attached to it, right? right. People have come to believe it's true and it's not fucking true, right? It's just like, what? No, no, you can't just sit in the couch and imagine a Mercedes and here it comes. <laughs> right. Because um, it's not happening. You're just going to end up sitting on a couch, right? Right. Um, but there is an element in there that I think is very, very powerful. And Often when we think of the future, it tends to be either vague or a little Pollyannish, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose 30 pounds, and then when I've lost that, I'll be, like, freaking awesome. But I don't take any account, though, like, all the shitty things that I'll do to undermine my own progress, right? Like, I'm not – forget that. And I've got – in this moment, I've got something like willpower. I'm doing it. It's on, right? But here's, here's what else is on. That day when you had a shitty time or you didn't sleep well and you did it, yeah, and then that thought comes across your mind like just this one, and then there it goes right there. You go, you're off down the pathway, and there goes all that determination, all that willpower. So I invite people to see the whole picture. And they really like do the work with yourself to recognize all the ways in which you will undo yourself, right? And and why would I do that? I would do that because that's how I'm going to set myself up to win because I know what's coming. You know, it's sometimes I'll do uh, big speaking events uh, with people who are a lot more successful than me. Right. So, and they'll be out there. Like, there'll be like 15,000 people there and uh, people are all excited and the music's loud and all that stuff, you know, and they're all like pumped up. And I, and this is, I've done this a bunch of things. I'll go out and see how many of you are really excited. And they're all like, oh, yeah, me. And I say, and how many of you are going to be really excited next week? And they're all like me. And I say, you're full of shit. And the reason why I say you're full of shit is because that's why you're here. Because you don't keep yourself there. Or you, you'll see a possibility. You'll kind of go for it. And then you'll back off. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really about uncovering the darkness. I'm about coming to terms with your own mechanisms and then starting to put things in place like that will support you. Not if that happens, when that happens, I'm going to do this now. Right. So I actually started to set myself up for something like a win. And now all of that's totally possible for all human beings. That's all possible. So tell me what it means to be wise as fuck. Yeah. So, so, the, the thing that kind of got me to this book was I was, I've always been curious as to why I can, somebody can read a lot of books and do a lot of courses and talk to a lot of people and still do the same dumb shit, right? It's like, what, why? Why, if I'm learning all of this, the only reasonable explanation is that information doesn't equal wisdom, right? It doesn't, right? And I, and I know that because I've met a lot of highly educated people. I've coached a lot of highly educated people who did things in your life that you'd be like, what? You did what? Like, and the logic was what? So when I looked at my own life, I saw that there were examples of things that I would say when I learned that thing and I applied that thing, 
like it, it it informed me of something that ordinarily I would never have known. Like it spoke to me when I applied it to my life. And the more that I did that, the more that I applied things to my life, the more I realized that some of this stuff was really resonating for me. And it really, it really arose for me like a, like a wisdom. Like I noticed I could take the same thing and apply it to somebody else, something else. And it would speak to me again. And then I could apply it to something else and it would speak to me again. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I use this example uh, in the book about a piece of wisdom that I assert is a piece of wisdom that I had in my first book. And, and, the, and the line was, you have the life you're willing to put up with. Now, that's just a sentence, but that's kind of confronting that sentence, right? That's kind of like, whoa, right? And if you apply that to your life, stuff will be screaming at you, right? I don't need to get into all the details with you. It'll be telling you, right? So if I say you have the marriage that you're willing to put up with, you have the finances that you're willing to put up with, you have the body that you're willing to put up with, how do I know that? That's what you've got. I know you're willing to put up with that. That's kind of confronting, like, oh my gosh, why am I willing to put up with this? I'm not going to put up with this. And this has got to change for me, right? So that's, that's an example of like a wisdom that speaks to you, that informs you of something that sometimes confronts you with something, but it, but it shifts your whole paradigm. You actually engage with your life just from that little bit of wisdom. It kind of forces you to engage with life from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I want to focus. You have these different sections of the book. Um, and one of them is love. And that's, that's sort of the, the one that, you know, the first one that you get into in, as a, you know, a, a marriage and relationship and parenting podcast and everything. That was the one, that was the section that I think, you know, struck me the most because um, I would say that my marriage or our marriage and a lot of our listeners who, you know, who we engage with and everything, we sort of are like, listen, you know, we're an ongoing we're an ongoing evolution of progress, you know, and growth in our marriages. And it's about forgiveness and it's about, um, you know, admitting and like allowing, but then trying to change and grow. And it's interesting because you say, um, you have a quote on in the beginning that says lasting powerful love is consciously choosing to love another for all that they are, not that just the good bits that we approve of or find most agreeable. Right, right. So, so if you if you examine your interactions, and I'm I've been I've been married for twenty three years, and I think I'm getting better at it. Right, <laughs> I don't think I was particularly good at it at the beginning. Right, I think it was mostly just lust that kept me and her together. Right, we're just so into each other. But uh, thankfully, that lasted for a good solid 10 years. And then we really matured into this thing that we have now. Um, but, but, but that's the problem at times. We're like observant in our relationships. We're observing. And even the whole idea of observing, I have to be disconnected. From, I can't be in it and observing it. Right? Like if I think of it like, like a some kind of sporting analogy, like a game of tennis or something. I can't be in the game and observing the game. I'm just in it, 
right? I'm, and, and the minute I'm observing it, I'm not there for it, right? I've become a spectator. And that is often how we do our relationships. We're kind of like, oh, yeah, I like when you do that. Like, I don't like when you do that. I like when you do this. I wish you would change that about you. Like, those are all observations. And, you know, I've, I had this realization a number of years ago, actually, and, and initially it was with my mom. And I really got, like, if I want love in my life, I just have to love who she is. I need to give up this idea that she's supposed to be somebody else. Right. Um, and then it was amazing. It, like, it just stumbled open from there it was like oh wow like i could totally engage with her from a place of just loving her right and, and this is off decades of judging and observing right which was getting me nowhere i was just getting more frustrated and more disconnected and when that pathway opened up with my mom it definitely opened up with my wife it definitely opened up like oh yeah i wish she would do that different i wish she would do that, 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 that. so what what does that mean nothing I got to love the whole of the person. And what it comes down to is part of like my realization about that was I would hate the idea of being with somebody who wanted me to be somebody else. That would be horrible. And it would be horrible to have her remind me of all the things that she wishes I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when I let go of that, she had to change. I noticed that I was changing. I noticed that I was shifting. I noticed that I could, relate to her as a human being as opposed to this caricature that I'd built up in my mind. Um, she's a human being. She has nuances. Like, I have nuances. She has stuff. Like, I have stuff. And and or the opportunity here is to discover love in new ways. It's not to find it. It's to discover and express and discover and express. And, and if I can love you in your worst moments, we really got some love going down here. Mm-hmm. So it's not always explain to me because I know, as I thought when I was reading, I'm sure so many people listening are like, listen, it sounds awesome to just yeah. love no matter what. But yeah. so many of us, you said you've been married 23 years. I've been married 19 years. You know, shit happens right. in 19 and 23 years and 40 years and 50 years or, yeah. or sometimes the first five years. Right. And how do you balance that I want to love every bit of the person and make sure that I'm accepting them for who they are with, I also don't want to lower my expectations for what I deserve. And I also don't want them to stop trying harder to be even better, a better partner. And I don't want to stop trying to be a better partner. How do you balance those two? But you can hear the emotional angst in that. Like, I don't have zero expectations of my wife other than just the freedom to be herself, which I don't always like that thing, but that's what that's who she is. Now, that struggle is mine. I'm over the days when I made that her struggle. Mm-hmm. That's my struggle, my struggle of what I think you should do and shouldn't do. And my choice is to be in this relationship with you as we continue to develop as human beings. Um, look, it's, I'm, I, there are certain situations where it's just unworkable, where it just doesn't work. And that might be one of the places that many people need to come to terms with. This doesn't work. And stop pretending that it does work because it doesn't work. And it continually doesn't work, right? But, but at the same time, you know, if I look, I'll use my own marriage as an example. 
there's so much that works though. There's just so much great shit that works, right? And there are times when it doesn't work. And that's part of the deal. That's part of, you know, the, the illusion is that somehow when, when we get into a relationship, it's almost like an agreement between two people, right? Like I'm going to be this way and you're going to be that. We're going to work this shit out. It's not. The deal that you do going into a relationship is the deal with yourself. That's the deal. The deal is, am I going into this in the way and, and, and acknowledging all the things that might work and might not work? And I might work on things and we might develop ourselves and we might grow as human beings. It's not like all of that's off the table and everybody should just hit the couch and watch Netflix. Those things are on the table, right? But not like an or else situation. Like grow or you're done. If you're already there, you got a problem. But, but if it's like, you know, I'm interested in growing and you're interested in growing, this is amazing. And, you know, I'm interested in working on things. But, but the burden of expectation, that's, that's, let's put it this way. That's, there's only two things that can happen. Either your expectation gets met, which, you know, it's hardly the heights of human experience, right? My expectations got met. Like I get that when I go to freaking Olive Garden. Um, or they don't. And if they don't, I got something called disappointment. So none of that is going to set your relationship on fire. None of that is going to inspire great things. And, you know, I use a simple little tool for myself, right? Like whatever I'm looking for in this relationship, I'm bringing it. So if I'm looking for love and connection and passion and adventure and all that great stuff, I'm, I'm done with waiting for somebody else to provide that, right? Because nine times out of 10, they're not tuned into me, right? And then, but then also they've got their own idea of how this thing's supposed to go. And so that's where the minds meet in a relationship. It's like, like my wife brings to the table how she wants us to go and I play the game and then I bring to the table how I want this to go and she plays the game and, and we provide. It's not like, I, I, I used to look at my relationship in terms of what I'm getting and I was never satisfied in that context. Um, and now it's much more like what's not here that I could bring. And, and it's, that's not even like a noble pursuit. It's actually a little selfish, right? Cause it's what I want relationships to be about, right? Um, and the only thing I ask of my wife is that she play along. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And probably if you're putting stuff out there and the other person is kind of taking that in, then probably what they are going to release is going to be a lot better than if you were putting out the negativity of the, what we're expecting. That's kind of how it goes in relationships. It's like, it's this, 
And it's part of like how we've developed as human beings. It's, it's like we're looking for something, you know, which, okay, you know, we're looking for something, but I know, but what are you bringing to the table? So we mostly kind of write that off, what we're bringing to the table. Most like, well, I'm always doing my, like we've already worked that out. We've already kind of, we've already kind of like, we're, we're already looking at it in terms of what we're getting out of it, right? And so, uh, you know, it was a real mind mess for me at the beginning. I was really like, when I started to kind of look at life this way and I started to see like all the love that I ever want in my life, I have to generate it. So even if somebody else does something for me, right? If I experience being loved in that moment, I'm doing that. I'm bringing that experience to the world, to myself. Now, I might see that in my partner's behaviors, things she says, things she does. I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. That makes me feel great. The reality is it's not that it makes me feel great. It's that when I see that, I experience what I experience. And so I've, I've, I've really let my wife off the hook for a lot of stuff in my relationship because it was exhausting. It was exhausting like... You know, are you up to the mark today? Am I getting what I want? Am I getting what I need? And there was always something missing for me. It was always like a hole that I couldn't fill or couldn't be filled. Now, I will say this. A lot of my realization about that came from me doing work to get things complete in my past, like my own childhood and the dynamic that I experienced as a kid. Like to get that in a kind of a place for myself where I could grow from there. Um, and that was a big part of it. Like, you know, I mean, ultimately, I guess I would say I let everybody off the hook. It was no longer going to be your fault. It was no longer going to be your burden, right? I'm taking that away because it's too tiring fight, trying to get other people to kind of rise to some idea that I had in my mind. Um, and, I, and, I, and that was about 15 years ago that process started. And I've never looked back from that. Like that was the biggest realization of my life that ultimately how this was going was going to come down to me. And it's been brilliant being married to a woman that shares in that with me. Like it's just brilliant. It's been awesome. And, um, you know, there's, I mean, I'm a human being. There's a tendency to want to blame and shit like that, but I just let it go. It's not worth it. It's not, I'd much rather be connected to you than argue with you. Mm. And you find that when, since you've started putting that out there, do you think people pick up on that? And so they're more comfortable with you and they're more willing to be themselves and everything because they realize that there's just, you're not constantly going to be judging them and expecting from them. I mean, who the hell am I to judge anybody? You know what I mean? Like, what if I, what if I done that's so great? Like, I want to get some judgment going on here. You know, I mean, to judge is to be a human, right? Like human beings judge, they do it. They're constantly determining where the people around them fit, right? So that's what the judgment's all about is how should I relate to you, right? And, you know, do I want to be associated with you because we're very tribal? But I realized like, I just, and I've done that in my life. I've judged others, you know, I've been there. I've done that. I've judged, I've gossiped. I've done all that shit. And, and I just, it, it, it was a series of realizations like I'm not up to anything. Like how boring is that? That I'm sitting talking about the neighbor's dog, right? Mm -hmm. And why they need to keep it muzzled at night or some shit. Like 
like, what am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I talking about this other person when I could be writing a book or, you know, sculpting or painting or, you know, like, why am I dug in about being right about this thing rather than doing the work to get connected, right? And I know people say, oh, yeah, that's all very fine and well. No, I did that in the midst of the chaos. I did that stuff when every fiber of my body was screaming to do what I'd always done, right? And when, 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 when my emotion was like, you know, here, and I'm like, let it be, and I'll let it be, and it calms, and then I think, and I'm like, okay, let me, let me get, apply some wisdom to this, right? And one of my favorite bits of wisdom is from Sartre, the French existentialist, is it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it just, uh, that they're doing that doesn't mean anything, right? I could assign some meaning to that. And it might even be relatively accurate, but even that doesn't mean anything. It's irrelevant. It's like, why am I? So it's allowed me to, to focus on what's important, what matters to me as a human being. And, and my wife matters to me and my children matter to me. And being someone that makes a difference for other people matters to me. And it's not noble. The problem that I had earlier in my life that I think a lot of people have is that we are wrapped up in other shit that we can't get our attention on. We might not even know what matters to us. Um, so we end up, you know, pursuing these fruitless tasks. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes to you and brings that whole, you, know, you said, why am I worrying about the dog? And why, listen, I live in a suburban town where every day people are standing around in groups, well, socially distanced now, but standing around in groups, you know, and there's talk about, yeah. there's talk, there's talk about yeah. you know, what, what the schools are lacking or what somebody, you know, the party somebody had and they didn't invite so-and-so. And do you no longer, how do you respond to that? What do you do when that's happening? You walk away or? Yeah, I'm not playing. You what? I'm not playing. And I've told people I'm not playing. I'm like, I'll let you guys have this conversation. I'm not. And, and you know, some people may be like, well, there he goes. He's an asshole. Like he's always fucking. No, I don't even judge you for doing that. If that's what you want to do with your time, great. But I'm not going to engage with that just so that you'll think better of me. Why, why, am I, why did I do that? Like it's, and I've done that. I've done that. I have sat and had conversations with people that were mind-blowingly mundane and the only reason I didn't back out is because I didn't want them to think badly of me. Right. So, so I'll indulge somebody's gossip so that they don't gossip about me. Hmm. Right. Which they're gossiping anyway. Right. So I don't, I don't judge people who gossip. I don't look down on people who gossip. I got it. It's, it's easy to get wrapped up in that. So easy. Right. But life is passing you by. Like, the opportunity of your life, like you'll never be this young again. You'll never be this vibrant again, whatever vibrant you are now. Like, you know, we're thinking, oh yeah, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, this shit will turn out. No, if you keep doing what you're doing, this is the future, Mm -hmm. right? This is it. You're already in it. This is kind of how this stuff turns out for you. Right. Um, So it's, it's, I, I, there was a big wake-up call for me. Part of it was, and I really mean like a visceral way, like that I'm dying. Like I'm dying. It's just, I'm, and I had this realization, I think, when I, my early 40s, but it wasn't like, 
I'm dying. I better go buy a fucking Porsche, right? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like that. It's more like I'm dying. I better tell them I love them. Um, it's more like I'm dying. I better bring something to this life. I better, you know, like, and I really believe every human being has a possibility, has a potential to alter how life is going. But we don't. We we get caught up in the banal, the the beige, the bullshit, mm-hmm. and and then we call that a life. And that's why that's part of why nobody wants to take a risk because of that condition that we're in. We're in this condition of being observed and judged, and that's ultimately you'll see that we're all going to die, and our judgments don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. It's all garbage. It's all just nonsense um, that we made significant. That's not significant. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've been so uh, successful at what I do is I'm unabashedly myself, which is different from a lot of the way that being yourself is getting painted these days. You know, like, People call authenticity and speaking your mind the same thing. They're not. Speaking your mind is not a practice I would encourage at all. <laughs> right? There's a lot of shit that's on your mind that should fucking stay there. <laughs> that's not authenticity. Authenticity is when you tell the truth to yourself about yourself. Yeah. That's, authentic. that's authentic. And it's funny because when somebody does that, you're kind of blown away by them. You're kind of like, oh, wow, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was just amazing. Like the way you just were so forthright about yourself. You're not trying to be somebody. Um, and, I, and when you spend a lot of your life trying to be somebody, trying to keep up that facade, it's really refreshing to be around people that have just realized that that's just a shit show. That you really... you. Life is your opening in time to be you, not to pretend that you're somebody else. I love when you say in the book, you say, we are not stuck. Our stories are stuck. Yeah. Like, so explain that to me, even even though I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah. And I, and I use this, this time in our, in the world and in our lives seriously, because it does feel like we're all stuck, right? And we're yeah. all busy feeling sorry for ourselves and yeah. saying, oh, well, I would do this. But, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I feel it too. I have you know, three kids home and yeah. it, it's, it just, it feels like we're sinking. Right. So you can get why people do that though, right? I mean, you can understand it, right? Like why I might end up in a place like that, right? I mean, it makes sense. I'm there. Right. I don't, so it's not, a, it's not even a thing. It's like, yeah, that fucking totally makes sense, right? And you can actually see if you look at other people who are even in what might be a more obvious story to you, you can get why they would get themselves there. You can get why you would kind of build this little thing, right? So I'm going to, so I'll give you your story, right? So yours and your story your situation is exacerbated because you've got three kids, right? That's part of your, how you tell it to yourself, right? So that's part of your story. 
and it's not just like I've got three kids. It's all the other shit that's attached to that, right? It's all the fucking crap that, that kind of goes around that. And, but a big component of that story of yours is that it shouldn't be this way. Like this is supposed to be fucking different, right? This is, it's not supposed to be like this, right? So that's all now weighing on you. So is it, is it the idea of having three kids that are weighing on you? Or is it all the stuff that you've got attached to that that's weighing on you? Like, is that what's on your shoulders right now? And again, you can really get that. You can really get like, yeah, I can get how that would be a burden, right? Now I'm going to do a little paradigm shift for you, right? There are people in the world right now who would give the left arm to have your life. All of it. They take every piece right now in exchange for what they've got. They'll gladly have your three children and all of that stuff. And it would be the joy of their life. Right, because it's a different story. But the situation would be the same. But the story would be different. So we are always telling a story. We're always creating a circumstance and language that lives in our head. And the problem is you don't it doesn't feel like a story. It feels like, no, no, listen, Mr. Fucking Scottish guy, <laughs> let me tell you about my situation, right? But what you don't realize is it's a narrative. It's an explanation and a description of what's actually happening. Here's what's actually happening. You spend more time at home than you used to, just like your kids do. That's it. The rest is, and that's a strain, and it's a stress, and how do you get them to do this, and then that, and then they, that's all kind of weaved into it, right? And like I said, there are people in this world right now who would take my life, your life, all your listeners' lives. They'll take those lives in a heartbeat. That's not meant to, it's not meant to like kind of diminish your experience, but it maybe gives you a little bit of insight into how much of this empire you're currently building in your own mind, right? Like I build my own empire in my mind, like you build yours and the listeners are building theirs. You know, like, um, one way to look at it would be not every, everybody wakes up, everybody who wakes up in a Monday morning wakes up in a Monday morning, but it's not Monday morning for everybody. And some people dread a Monday morning. And for some people, it's the greatest day of their life, but it's still Monday. So it's not Mondays that's doing that. It's what you've built into it. It's like, what have I got attached? Um, and, and again, that's a big part of this time. Because we're in, it's a very challenging time for people. It's why I'm at great pains to get out there and talk to people and make the difference that I'm out to make. Because I want people to get, the more you try and make this life be like the life that you had six months ago, the worse this is going to be for you. It's not that life. Whatever that was, it doesn't exist right now. And, and, and that is the big struggle for people. It's trying to reconcile what's been with what's here. What's the problem in that? Well, the problem is you're never fully here for what's here. So as an example, uh, in my house, and you know, like my house, you know, we're in the process of moving. So this place looks like, you know, somebody threw a fucking hand grenade in here, right? Uh, we just moved, so I'm going right, through the whole right. thing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like a shit show. And then there's, I got three sons. The oldest is 15. The youngest is six. 
my wife's organizing the new house and the did the, the, uh, anyway. But what I'm seeing is like, this is, I mean, normally I'd be like stressed and burned out and it's too much and I'm releasing books and I'm doing a podcast and blah, 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 all this stuff. And then I thought, well, this is the greatest time of my fucking life. Are you kidding me? Like, look at my sons. They're just like magnificent. I mean, they're a pain in the ass, right. but they're magnificent. They're right. like amazing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remind myself of that like all the time, like a little wake up call to get present. Because 10 years from now, I'll look back on this time. I don't want to look back and say, oh, fuck, why was I so shitty? Like, that was a chance to be awesome. You know, that was a chance to be, to, to create something, to make something, rather than just being in this constant reaction to what's going on around me. You know, what am I building? What am I creating? So, you know, like we have, we'll cash in our cell phones at night. We'll sit down, we'll turn off the TV, you know, and I'll try and squeeze a conversation out of these three assholes. Sometimes it comes out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, but it's, but it's, it's like, you know, I'll drive my kid because we're, we're in Florida. We don't have any fucking rules here, right? It's insane. But anyway, I'm driving my kids to soccer, right? And uh, like I'll say to my boys, I'm like, this is the fucking best day of my life. And I'm not a positive man, by the way. I'm Scottish. You don't do that shit. Um, but I say it's the best day of my life. And then and then we'll talk about it. I'll go, let me tell you why this is the best day of my life. And then, and then I'll like really just share with them like those moments. You can't get them back. So rather than hoping that this changes or this gets better, I'm inviting people to find the little, the, the little kind of little windows of opportunity, the little bit of light, the little place where you could go in and create something else, something different, and, and just, a, just a way to actually create life in the life that you have right now, rather than hankering for some life that does not yet exist. So what do you say if your kids ever come to you? Because I think that so many of us, uh, I know my kids all the time, and I'm sure they hear me do it, which is one of the reasons why they're doing it. But, oh, when's it going to end, mom? When's the pandemic over? And, uh, you know, when am I going to be able to have a sleepover at my friend's house with five friends? I haven't done it in six months. So what, what, what do you say to them when they, when, if they go down that path? I mean, I, I guess I must be about a nightmare as a dad, you know, because I'm always espousing some philosophy or others or other, right? And I'm, and I'm like, but how is this different from six months ago? You were, when am I whatever then? You know, when am I going to be able to, when can I, when's my time? Like, it's all the same shit, right? It's all just under a different guise. And so, you know what? I don't sit down and like proselytize or something to my children, but I do say, you know, this is the life we've got. And this is the, and in this life and this version of life, there's opportunity here if you're willing to look for it. What is it? And, and by the way, one of the things that I've noticed in a very real way in my house is that it's kind of forced my sons to connect. It's kind of forced them to, to work things out, you know, and to make, to find little, little bits of, of the day or the week or the weekend for them to enjoy each other, which hasn't always been the case, but it's for sure kind of, here too. Yeah. Yeah. That situation is so, so that's an example of like, 
yeah, that is kind of freaking cold, you know. Like normally they're all like to the four winds or three of them, so the three winds. Um, so that this there's these opportunities for them to to talk and and I can hear them upstairs, you know, like laughing and stuff smashing, which always gets me concerned. But <laughs> but uh but I but I like that they're doing that. I like that that like my fifteen year old's hanging out with a six year old, you know, it's I, I love it. And and yeah. Six months ago, they wouldn't have been doing that. He'd have been away doing something, and he'd have been doing some other thing. And I invite people to consider those little opportunities are everywhere. I know they're not always obvious, and I know they're not always apparent. But if but if you can't love the life you've got, you'll never love the life you've got. There'll always be something else that needs done or fulfilled on, or some problem that needs solved. That stuff's not going anywhere. You got to you got to really bring yourself to this life. And, and exploit the one thing well i was uh, i would say the last thing that i, I kind of wanted to ask you about because this is the thing I, I read this part twice i loved it so much because when you say you just have a, a, a section at the top of of one of the subsections that just says be love be love and i think that so many of us go through life and we do want to be that for people, right? That's that's the ultimate goal that when people think about you, they get that feeling of love. And so I, I'll have you explain what you mean by that. Yeah. Uh, my view, if you, I mean, I'm presuming most of your listeners have children and I'll, a bunch of them might not, but if you have kids, when they're little, when they're really little, they have no problem with a love thing like zero problem like they'll just they'll love on you and they don't even know you right i mean they'll just arms hugs hold your hand like the whole thing they'll just physically you know it's all there and then i invite everybody to take on the idea that that's you that you are that person and that over the course of a lifetime there are certain things that have kind of gotten away of your ability to just express that with people to be that with people to be love and and i know it sounds kind of pollyannish right you know like this feisty little scottish man talking about love (laughs) um but it's such a big deal it's such a big part of being a human being and it's some people really struggle with expressing it like it doesn't come out right so they'd rather just you know fix your fucking car than tell you they love you right mm-hmm. <laughs> because and then you've got to kind of work that shit out for yourself right. right um and i was one of those guys I, you know i work 60 hours what, what what more do you want right like what do you mean do i love you I, it's eight o'clock and i just walked in the door like right. what's that telling you uh it's telling me you work like <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because I, I sometimes think I, that's one thing I, I do think I'm doing well and that I, I you know, when it, when it comes to that, lo- I, I sometimes worry almost that, you know, I t- text people too much. I'm too yeah. forthright about it. I, yeah. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm, you know, obsessive. They're going to, yeah. it's really just putting love out there unapologetically but i think some people also are worried about how they're going to be perceived like holy shit she's fucking weird yeah yeah it is like i remember when i remember like six years ago i had this massive breakthrough right it was and it was 
fucking wild. Like I'd finally seen that I'd been spending, I'd spent almost three decades of my life blaming my mom for how it turned out. It wasn't an overt blame. It was like an unspoken blame. Some of it was spoken when I was young, but as I'd grown older, I'd, and so if you'd asked me then about my relationship with my mom, and I said, oh yeah, it's fine, you know, it's fine. But when I really investigated, it wasn't, it was dead. It was numb. It was gossip in the weather. And uh, so I remember like I called her up and I'd said to her, you know, I said, I've had this big breakthrough. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking? You know, my mom's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I had this big breakthrough. Well, what, did, what, what breakthrough? I said, I realized I've been blaming you my whole life for how things turned out. And she went silent. And I said, I just want to say I'm sorry and that I judged you. And I never, I've never taken the time to try and understand what it was like for you, what it was like for you to be young and be a mom and live that life. And I just never, ever put myself in your shoes. I was too busy complaining about mine. And then um, I said to her, I love you. And there was a little bit of silence and she says, I love you too, baby. And I was, you know, late thirties, early, probably 40 at the time. And then I just realized like it was the first time that I'd told her I loved her since I was about 12. Like I'd stopped telling her. And then when I looked, when I saw it from there, I all kept gushing out, you know, I was like, it was like snot bubbles and shit, you know? And I realized I'd become that guy. I'd become this tight guy that I was, you know, I, you know, I was, I was harsh on the surface and I had a big heart, but it was never going to get expressed. So I took it on. That was it. Like my family, I'm like, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to fucking start telling everybody that I love them. And man, the resistance I got was incredible. Like, people are like you're weird. And what's going on? I'm like, I don't fucking mm-hmm. care. I don't care. I love you. And that's it. And that's all that matters to me. And at that time in my family, no one said, I love you. Like no one said, I love you. Right. Now, you know, a dozen, 15 years later, everybody in my family fucking says, I love you. Like everybody does it, right? Like it's, it's a thing now in my family. Like you got to say it, right? And that was my own little revolution. I'm like, that was my opportunity to influence my own environment, to be something that I thought other people should be for me. And I realized that what I was talking about was myself and that it was now my job, that it was my job to bring it in this family. And so I, that was one of those such, that was probably the first occasion where I let everybody off the hook for it. Like you're no longer on the hook for this. I'm bringing it. So it's like a picnic and here's what I'm bringing. And, uh, and so I bring the love and I always bring the love and I, and you can rely on me for bringing the love because it's never ending. It doesn't stop. I got tons of it. If you don't like it, I love you anyway. And I'll fucking, t- and if you're uncomfortable with it, I'll love you in your discomfort. <laughs> How much later would we all feel if we could just do that, right? I'm telling you, like that's, to me, that's authenticity and self-expression and like finally realizing I'd rather they judge me for being a weirdo lovey guy than, than an asshole. Right. It's so true. I mean, they're going to, people are going to judge you for something. Let it be for being too lovey-dovey, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like um, I'm, 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 I'm discovering things for myself every single day. 
not because I'm a fascinating subject, because I'm not, but, um, but because I'm interested in, you know, if I see these little things for myself and these little breakthroughs for myself, and what does that mean for us as a group of people or a family or, you know, people in general terms, like, you know, how, in what way can I provide you with something that frees you up? And that, that's what makes my day and makes my week is when people get empowered and produce phenomenal results. That's ultimately why I, why I exist. Yeah, I, I love Don't Fuck Yourself. I really love Wise as Fuck. And I, I'm working on the negativity, you know, I, it's, especially during the pandemic. It's been, it's been a struggle. And I know it has for a lot of people. But I do also find myself thinking about a lot of things that you say, you know, um, in the book. And I'll stop. And even in that moment, it, it makes me flip to a little bit of positivity. So even though it's, it's baby steps for me, I'm definitely doing it. And I think um, those are massive steps though. Yeah. Like those are moments when your life was going that way and then it was, yeah. And that, that's everything. That's like, you know, if you alter the direction of an airplane or a ship by one degree, it goes to a totally different place. Yeah. So yeah. it's just made for human beings. Right. Yeah, I, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to, uh, to me. And, yeah. Um, I, you know, I really hope that other people will will read the book because it definitely makes you, you think and it, it challenges, you know, it challenges you to, yeah. to be authentic in the way you're talking about. Right. Um, and, and so I appreciate that because um, we definitely need more, more real, that's for sure. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Gary. And uh, yeah, you take care in Florida. I will do. Okay. Yeah, you up there too. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. You have Bye. a great day. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
Pig.com